0: Take charge of your thoughts. Take charge of your life.
1: Psychologist, author, speaker, musician, former professor, and the host of Love and Life, Dr. Karen Anderson Abril.
0: Welcome to Love and Life. I'm Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. One of the questions I'm most often asked, surrounds masculine and feminine energy. How can independent, empowered women truly embody feminine energy? Isn't this notion essentially a contradiction in terms? Are we able to inhabit the fullness of ourselves, including our ambition and drive, without presenting ourselves in a masculine manner and thereby attracting men who lead with feminine energy? It can seem very confusing and at the core of this concern is authenticity. Do I have to be a different version of myself in order to attract the type of man I'm looking for? Do I have to water myself down or present myself as more passive? Do I have to step away from my authentic self? Teacher, writer, speaker, and the creator of Everyday Starlet, Sarah Blodgett, joins us to consider these questions and more. Sarah's thought a lot about this. In fact, it's become one of the main portions of her platform, feminine energy, what it means, what it's all about, and how we all benefit when we're able to allow our authentic feminine energy flourish. My interview with Sarah Blodgett of Everyday Starlet right after this. When I come across an empowered woman who's all about empowering others, I want to share her journey with you, which is exactly why I invited Brooke Mullen of Sapan to the program in episode 190. Sapan's luxury leather bags and accessories not only look good, they're helping make the world a more beautiful place by honoring the basic human rights of workers throughout their value chain. They fully embrace a regenerative business model that prioritizes personal empowerment over charity. And human rights is at the heart of all Sapan does. If you're all about this, buy a beautiful bag and uphold human rights life, head over to Sapon.com and use promo code love and life for 15% off your purchase. That's Sapan, sapah and promo code love and life. Sarah, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to finally talk to you, kind of in real life. We're still (laughs) virtual, but more so than just going back and forth on Instagram and comments and DMs. But I wanted to connect with you on a topic that has been very hot with my community. And it's one that I think is a little bit controversial. You can have people taking sides but it's one that you and I seem to align on. So I thought it'd be fun to to discuss kind of why we've come to this position. And it's about masculine and feminine energy in dating, in relationships, in partnership, so give the listeners a little bit about your background and how you came into this space and how this became a passion point for you and something you think is important to talk about on your platform.
1: It's, it's such a passion of mine. And, and it's, it's funny how I feel like this has always been something I've been interested in. I just, it's more recent in my life that I've actually discovered the terminologies for things. I was kind of always obsessed with a lot of this I don't know man woman male female interactions I I actually read men are from mars women are from venus when I was like a kid <laughs> I was like <laughs> not even dating or anything I was like yeah. not even in like old enough to date I was just sort of like fascinated by all that kind of stuff and and relationship interactions and stuff and but I wasn't very good at relationships most of my life as a mm. result but it was interesting it was you know a few years ago I kind of went through a a big change I had a Well, I had a very very short marriage and a very messy divorce. And it kind of left me feeling like I needed to find something. I needed to figure out what was going on with myself, with the world, with everything. It just kind of shook me up. Mm -hmm. And so I just started, I don't know, searching for answers. And I started discovering a lot of people who were talking about, you know, women connecting with their feminine energy and connecting with their inner feminine. And I just sort of got really into that. And then of course, you can't really talk about feminine energy without talking about masculine energy. They're they're opposites, but they're so tied together and so connected. And I just fell into this world where I was just fascinated. And it really felt like it was putting terminology and words on energies and things that I had been feeling and wanting to talk about for so long. And so I just became this sort of student where I just wanted to absorb everything. And then as a result, I just... You know, I think when you're, when you're kind of like an eternal student, you then become like an eternal teacher where you just learn so much stuff and you just want to share everything with people because you just want to share the knowledge that you've been learning. So that's kind of the place where I've gotten to with my, my social media and my content is, is just really one to share because I think it's just such an important message. So many of us have gotten so disconnected from these energies, from the masculine, from the feminine. And I just think it's, it's really great that I'm finally seeing people embrace those things now.
0: Yeah. And let's start with where I think a lot of women get tripped up. So I'm Gen X. So I was raised in this post first wave feminism. Mm -hmm. And my experience with two older brothers and a father who's very much, my parents had a very traditional marriage. They were the product of their generation. So I grew up in this reality of because that first wave feminism had occurred, it was, you can do anything your brothers can do. You're just as smart as them. You're just as capable as them. But also because there was a lot of of those traditional values as far as roles, I also wasn't mowing the lawn. And I was staying inside and helping my mom fold laundry. And I know that's a very simplistic way of understanding masculine and feminine, but I think some women in my generation and perhaps in the generation beneath me, I think they get tripped up because they have by virtue of being part of a generation that has had the benefit of the women's movement and all that has done for women, at the same time, have perhaps alienated themselves from their feminine because that was seen as less than. They were second-class citizens, and that's obviously the case. Women couldn't vote until the 20th century in the women's suffrage movement. So I think women can get tripped up because they have learned to alienate themselves from their own feminine because it's been seen as second class status and it makes me really sad because what you're talking about and what i'm seeing some women now embracing is that wait a minute i decide if these traits are in fact second class or not because they aren't unless i deem them as such
1: exactly exactly and i'm 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 kind of like on the cusp between gen x and i don't know if you call it gen y or millennial or whatever like i'm kind of right like i'm i think i'm like the youngest of the gen x Generation, <laughs> so I, I kind of had a similar situation. Although I'm an only child, so I didn't have siblings, but I always felt like growing up, there was always this pressure of, well, you're a woman, you have to be, uh, you have to want to be like men, you have to want to aspire to a certain career, you have to want to do this, and it's like, well, what if you want to be a mom? What if you want to be, a, you know, like I was always sort of asking those questions, and it was like people were always looking at me like crazy? Like, why would you want to do that? Or like, no, you have to aspire to be more than that. And it was just like, there was always this attitude of, but being a, being a wife, being a mother, traditional, what are considered traditional feminine roles are less than, and that was always the programming. For me, that was one of the reasons why I had always questioned that because I mean, I was always a curious kid and was sort of like, well, but why are those things less than? They're only less than if you think of them as being less than. And again, I do believe that masculine and feminine energies, so to speak, are not necessarily just about gender roles, but there is a connection to that. I mean, obviously, Mm -hmm. you know, feminine energies tend to be about nurturing, about community, about connection, about open-hearted love, about sensuality, creativity, those things. And those things just naturally, you know, relate to things like cooking a meal, to things like nurturing a child, caring for a child. Those things sort of naturally evolve from that. Whereas masculine energies are more about providing protection, um, having a, a purpose in life, having a direction and things like that, which naturally would lead to them being the providers of the family going out and working or having a very, what we think of as a masculine job. I mean, those things are, those traditional gender roles we think of actually evolved out of the natural energies that people tend to be inclined to. And I actually am of the belief that we we have both energies within us. We all have masculine and feminine within us, but we all have a natural core energy. That's the energy that we're really most ourselves in. And those often, statistically speaking, those often link up with our gender. Most women are naturally feminine at their core and most men are actually naturally masculine at their core. But we all have both of them that we can tap into whenever we need to. The problem is if we start spending too much time in the opposite energy of what is our natural core, that's when it starts to drain us. We're not really at our, our best self. That's when we get dragged down. And we're seeing that so much now with women who, if, if they're naturally feminine at their core, which most women are, if they spend so much of their life in, in their masculine, whether it be for their career or whether they feel like they need to be for, for whatever reason... That's when we start to see women having a lot of, you know, you can have physical health symptoms, mental health symptoms, things like that. Whereas if you see men who aren't really tapping into their own inner masculine energy and they're spending too much time in their feminine energy, that can drain them as well. And that's where you start to see men getting into depression and things like that. And I hear a lot of women use the argument. They'll use the argument with me a lot where it's like, well, I don't want to be feminine because I don't want to pretend to be something I'm not. And I don't think of it like that. It may feel like that in the beginning if you're really disconnected from it, but I like to think of it more as you're actually just chipping away at all the things that you've been told that you have to be or that you think that you have to be and actually getting back to yourself, to who you really are.
0: And another concern that comes to mind as you're speaking, I'm thinking of a woman who's been in some relationships that have been abusive. So that masculine energy that is, goal-oriented and directed, and at times, dare I say it, dominant, has been abused on her such that she doesn't trust to lean into that masculine energy when she's in partnership anymore. And because she doesn't trust the masculine, she's probably tried to take control of that situation by becoming more masculine herself.
1: Exactly. I mean, I think that that's what you're seeing now in the world with everything that's going on in the world. You're seeing a massive move of distrust that women have in in the masculine and it's natural if you think about it because the masculine energy is a protective energy it's about mm-hmm. protecting people who are important to them so if as a woman if you feel unsafe around masculine energy it's only natural that you're going to end up putting up your own, I call it a masculine shield, of your own masculine energy to protect yourself. Masculine energy is protective energy. So you feel like you need to protect yourself. That's a natural instinct. I do see some people shaming women for doing that when it's like, well, that's just, that's what they know to do at the time. It's also not healthy for them in the long run to keep that shield up all the time. I would describe it as I mean, no matter you know how feminine a woman is, she could be in her complete and total feminine energy. But if, say, for example, she has to walk in a bad neighborhood, like that's probably not the moment where she's going to want to be in like her like juiciest feminine flow. You know, that's not when she's going to want to be walking down the street and, and mm-hmm. sort of feeling into her body and, and feeling her hips move and just taking in all the, the, you know, the sense around her and taking the sights and just really being in that feminine flow, she's going to want to get from point A to point B as quickly as possible. She's going to want to have that direction. She's probably going to want to put a little bit of a wall up because she's not going to want to attract unwanted attention. And that's totally normal. That's totally normal to want to protect yourself in certain situations. The problem is, if as a woman, you live your whole life as if you're walking in a bad neighborhood, that's going to start to drain on you because you're never going to be able to attract and bring in the opposite energy that you're looking for, a masculine man, because we need a masculine and a feminine to be in sexual polarity. So if you are a feminine woman, you're going to want to attract in a masculine man. But if you're living in your own masculine energy as a protection all the time, then you're not going to attract in a masculine man because he's going to see you as a masculine counterpart, not as a romantic partner.
0: And you're more likely to attract someone who's passive and then you'll probably get frustrated because you believe that you want a masculine energy in your life and in your partnership. But what you're projecting out into your environment is suggesting that that's not what you want because a a true masculine man is going to probably find you abrasive and harsh, perhaps, and edgy. And I know I use those words knowing that someone right now is going, oh, if a woman has goals and she's determined and driven, she's abrasive. I get it. Like, I get what we're saying here that we have been taught that when we, like you said, when we perhaps in the workplace or in other contexts for protection, as you described, when I'm walking down the street in downtown Chicago at night, Mm -hmm. I'm not looking at anyone and I'm certainly not swinging my hips, like you Mm -hmm. said, point A to point B. And so that's that protective side. But in my partnership with my husband, I'm certainly not carrying that same energy into any aspect of our relationship. And so it, it makes me think about how confusing it might be for women at times and frustrating because they've developed energies and ways of being. And it's really like you said earlier too, they've alienated themselves from themselves. They're not enjoying a part of themselves that really is who they truly are. And I think about parts theory in All of us have various parts. There's the protective part. There's the part that wants to be protected. There's the part that nurtures. There's the part that wants to be nurtured. We have all these different parts. And sometimes when we're making a big decision in life, those parts are doing battle and we have to sort them out. It can be useful to go to see a therapist. And this part of me wants this direction. This part of me wants this. But here you're talking about the energy that perhaps has been subdued. I love that framework of it's really coming home to who you truly are, to be more authentic and to resonate in the fullness of who you are, as opposed to having these parts of yourself that are so disconnected from one another that you probably lack cohesion and the sense of fullness in your identity.
1: Exactly and I think that's one of the biggest problems I'd say most women in the world have right now is that we're so disconnected from our bodies if you think about the number of women that are on hormonal birth control or some mm-hmm. kind of birth control that's messing with their own internal systems and things like that I mean think about how many women actually hate and resent their periods like their menstrual cycles yeah. I mean they it was called the curse at one point I mean the mm-hmm. the number of women that they hate their bodies I don't necessarily subscribe to the the idea that to be feminine you have to look a certain way i mean i love girly stuff i love being a girly girl but i don't believe that being feminine is necessarily about wearing makeup or doing your hair it's it's an energy it's about connecting with the feminine parts of your body and your intuition and it's really about being in the body and if you think about the number of women who actually hate their bodies it's only natural that we're not going to be connected to our feminine energy because it literally is part of our body it's who we are we're connected to that and if we end up hating and resenting all the parts of us that are innately feminine, that make us these feminine women that are connected with nature and mother nature. And we're all shut down. Our hearts are shut down. We're all hunched over computers and phones all the time. So our hearts are closed down. I mean, all these things that we do to our bodies and we're disconnected from our bodies. And that's actually one of the key pieces that I think a lot of women get really caught up in the idea of a masculine partner being the quote unquote dominant partner. And I think a lot of times women think of being, you know, if you want to use the word submission or or whatever, those words I think get women tripped up a lot because they think of it as being a passive role of being Mm -hmm. like, well, I just have to blindly follow his leadership all the time because if he's the masculine, then I just have to follow him around like a dog or something. I've actually heard women use that comment, Mm -hmm. but it's like no, it's actually about tuning into your body. And if you trust your body and you trust your intuition and you trust your wisdom heart, if a man then leads you in the wrong direction, you're going to know it. Like You're going to feel it and it's going to feel off. And that's when you can communicate to your partner that something feels off. It's not about just blindly following somebody and blindly walking around and being like, oh, well, he gets to do everything, say everything and this and that. I think a lot of this distrust of men can actually be rooted to a distrust of ourselves. If we don't mm. trust ourselves and being to tune into our own intuition and our own our own inner wisdom, women's intuition is sort of a a phrase for a reason. It's women have so yeah. much inner knowledge and inner wisdom. That's actually a big benefit to a masculine partner, which I think is something that in our society gets really shut down a lot where I think I don't even think men necessarily see it as often because they're conditioned to not see it this way. As A woman's intuition is, is hugely beneficial to a man as well, to a masculine partner, because most men at the end of the day are not going to want a woman who's just going to follow them around and do whatever they say. His ego may want that, but in reality, a man who's who's stepping into his masculine, if he wants to be in his king energy, he wants to be a, a leader, he wants to grow and, and actually find his true purpose in life. Having a a feminine partner who's tuned into her heart and her wisdom and her intuition and is actually going to let him know if, hey, I feel like you're driving us off a cliff and that makes me scared. Well, that can help him then know, okay, well, maybe maybe this isn't the right direction. And it's not about being a passive partner. It's about not, (laughs) not taking the wheel and being like, we're going my way. It's that knowing that he can lead, but you get to give him input. You get to give him feedback. You get to tune into your intuition and your wisdom that you innately have as a feminine being. And that's where you get the true partnership. It's not just like a leader and a follower.
0: And a man who is secure in his masculine energy will, as you said, he will desire your input. He will request it. And again, this goes back to so many of the women in my community, as you know, who are single, perhaps longer than they anticipated, or they're back on the dating scene after a divorce they have to do it all for themselves. They have to be the strong independent women and they're capable and they're going to step into their masculine energy to ask for that promotion at work and to take care of themselves when they're living alone in an apartment in a big city. But if they are headed toward partnership, and as we've talked about, if they're looking for that masculine energy with a man's man, they really don't want to be leading anymore. They've done it. They know they can do it. If Should they have to, if they're widowed or something, if they lose this partnership again, They can do it, but they really want that. Most of them will, whether they admit it or not, they really want that. And it makes me sad that I think, A, they're not sure it's available to them. Any true men out there anymore, they're questioning whether that exists. And B, they've been taught so many lies about what will happen. Like they're afraid to let go. And that word leadership, or he's the quote, head of the house, that has been so distorted, as in a woman being oppressed, and all of her desires, and her wants, and her needs, and goals in in the relationship are going to be put in a second class to his, and that's really not what it's about. Because a true man who is comfortable and confident in his own skin and who he is, he doesn't want some passive, whatever, honey. Like a real man does not want that.
1: Right? No, he doesn't want. It. And I think it was, I think it was Jordan Peterson talk about you know, some men think that they want a partner who's going to agree with them all the time. And he's like, yeah, that'll be, that'll be entertaining for like a week, yeah. or like maybe even a month. But after that, it's just, that's going to get boring. You don't want someone who just agrees with you all the time. Now, granted, you also, I think most men who are, you know, truly stepping into their masculine, I mean, if, if they wanted a, a buddy or a business partner, then they would just hang out with the guys, right? They don't necessarily want someone who's going to be butting heads with them all the time. Right. But they, they're not going to want someone who's just going to, be like, yes, dear. Yes, dear. I mean, that's not, that's not gonna, I mean, for one thing, that's, that's going to be so passive. It's going to be boring. That's not the excitement of life. You know, the excitement of life is having a connection with people.
0: Have you heard? You can now listen to my book. Single is the new black. Don't wear white till it's right. As you know, I wrote the book. I wish had been available to me when I was single. So obviously, it's not about how to snag a man. Rather, it's all about how to stay strong amid single shaming and remain true to yourself and never settle for anything less than an extraordinary relationship. Find it on Audible or iTunes. And for a free sample, check out Chapter 11 of Single is the New Black in Episode 145 of Love and Life.
1: You know, when you mentioned that a lot of women don't believe that they're out there, I mean, that was that was a big hurdle for me. I mean, still is sometimes. But like the first time somebody actually described to me what healthy masculine energy was, like being a protector, provider, having a passion and purpose and stuff, When well, my first thought was like, okay, that's really hot. <laughs> that's sexy, <laughs> right? My second thought was like, is that real? Like, are there actually men in the world that do that? To me, it was like someone trying to sell me a unicorn or something. I was like that's not a thing. Like men aren't really like that. Like that's just a a fictional thing. I just didn't. And it's interesting how people were like, you know, you have to open up your eyes and believe that they're out there and then you'll start seeing them. And of course nobody was more skeptical than me when they said that. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, right. Sure. That's true. But you know, you really do have to open up your eyes and pay attention to those things because if you only believe that men out there are either abusive, what I what I consider, I know a lot of people don't like the term toxic masculinity. Um, I call it more like wounded masculinity. I think mm. of it as more like when someone is. Uh, you know, showing really toxic behavior in the false name of masculinity. So they're very abusive and they're very controlling in an abusive type way. Many women have only known men like that, or they've only known men who were, I call it wounded feminine energy. So like they're very much in their passive energy. They may be people pleasers. They might be stuck in self-harming or lack of self-worth activities. Like they haven't stepped into their healthy masculine energy. There is a lack in our society of of men embracing healthy masculine energy and women embracing healthy feminine energy, but they're out there. And I think more and more people are healing that. But I think again, and I hated when people told me this when I first started studying this stuff. So I know people out there are going to hate when I say it. I've been there, believe me. But like the more that you believe that they're not out there, the more that the universe is going to keep showing you all the ones that aren't out there. Like you're going to end up setting yourself up to only see what you perceive to be true. And I mean, I that used to irritate me when people would tell me that. like, <laughs> yeah. no, it's not true. <laughs> I know. But in reality, it is, it's true. <laughs> well, yeah, and in, in social psych, we
0: have the confirmation bias. And I talk about that pretty frequently because we're going to confirm whatever bias we hold. We think that we step outside and walk down the street and we see whatever there is to see and we hear whatever there is to hear. The stimuli is just there and we receive it and we process it. No, we are projecting onto that street when we're walking down the street, what we believe to be true about that street and who we believe we might come across on that street. We project and confirm them because we don't want to think we're crazy. So if I'm convinced that there are only passive effeminate men out there and no true leaders who won't dominate me, like there might be some masculinity out there, but it's going to be toxic for sure. That is exactly what I will see. And that drives people crazy, too. And I, I didn't like that at first either, <laughs> yeah. because I think when we have these struggles in our journey, and for me, obviously, being single so long, and now you're back on the scene, there can be those times where we go, no, they don't exist. There's no good men available. And I think, oh, that's like literally the worst thing you can tell yourself if you're looking for true intimacy and partnership to box yourself in with that confirmation bias.
1: It's a tough thing to get over. And mm-hmm. and that's why, that's why it feels very true. Yeah. it Oh, it does. I mean, it's, it's totally feels like your reality. And that's one of the reasons why I, I don't love personally. I get why people do this as a marketing tactic, so I don't shame anybody for doing this. But I don't love the idea of promoting stepping into your feminine energy to get a man or get a husband or, or anything like that. Because I just feel like, yeah, that can happen. It can totally happen. It also... Is so important for yourself. It's important for your health. It's important for your whole life, and I think it's also important to the world, like universally. I think universally, if if women actually stepped into healing their own feminine energy, so that they were the best versions of themselves, and men stepped into the best version of their masculine energy, I, I think there's so many things in this world that would heal. So I really encourage women to connect with their feminine energy, and and I encourage men to connect with their masculine energy for themselves first and for the, for the world, for the universe, however you you know choose to look at that. And I think the right partner is going to naturally come into your life as a result of that, as opposed to feeling like, because I think one of the patterns I see a lot of women get into is like, okay, well, I'm going to try to be feminine. And then if they go out on a bad date or they get, have a bad experience with somebody on a dating app, or they even get into a relationship and maybe the man disappoints them or something. It's like, well, I did this for nothing. And it's like, well, no, you didn't do it for nothing. You did it for yourself first. Right. And this person may not have been right for you or, or even if they are the right person in your relationship. I mean, anytime you're in a relationship with someone at some point, they're going to do something. It's probably going to irritate you. It doesn't mean that all the work that you did was worthless. It just meant that that's just the way things went at this time. And, you know, again, with, with men, I think a lot of men get marketed to, um, which I think is kind of toxic is, you know, we'll step into your masculine, you'll get a lot of chicks and just like, well, it's kind of the opposite of masculine energy, but you know, and that's not healthy either, but then it sets everything off to this. Well, I'm doing this for other people when I think it's really important to do it for yourself first and then sort of do it for the world. I mean, I mean, this may sound very like out there, but I think it, it can heal so many things in the world. If we actually have. People stepping into the best versions of themselves, which again, I think goes back to the idea of the reason why we push masculine energy on women so much. The reason why we, we discourage men from being in their masculine is because we're not at our best when we're not tapping into these energies, which are so natural within us. And when we're not at our best, we're easier to control, <laughs> mm. we're easier to manipulate. It's healing to to ourselves and to the world to, to actually tap into these things, which are so, they're so natural within us. I mean, it's not about being somebody else. It's about really finding yourself.
0: And having fun with those parts of yourself. Yes. Now that I'm married to a masculine man, and like I said earlier, I know so many of the women in my community They know that they can be that strong, independent woman, but they're looking for that polarity that you speak to. And it's really fun. It's not like I've changed my mind about any of my opinions or any of my positions or my philosophy in life. And I talk about those things when it's appropriate in the appropriate context. And I talk about them with my husband, with a lot of fervor. I'm not a watered down version of Karen. Now that I'm in this traditional marriage, I'm able to enjoy the fullness of how God's wired me and part of that and an enormous part of that is to have that being appreciated and nurtured in my relationship.
1: And, you know, one of the biggest reasons why relationships fall apart is not having sexual polarity. I mean, you see so many couples that talk about, well, we've been together for so many years. We're not interested in each other anymore. And, you know, sexual polarity is essential. I mean, and it can it can die out, but it only dies out in a relationship if you let it die out in a relationship. I mean, in order to have sexual polarity in a relationship, you you need a masculine energy and you need a feminine energy. And I think the problem with a lot of couples is they end up falling into either both people embodying the masculine energy. So you've got, you know, like buddies or, you know, business partners, or you're both leading with direction, or oftentimes you, if it's, if it's in a negative way, it can be two people butting heads all the time, or you get into two partners that, you know, if you both sink into feminine energy, so you're basically kind of like your two girlfriends who just sort of gossip all the time and, and, Mm -hmm. and you're, you're friends. And it can be, there can still be a lot of love there in any of these situations, but you don't have that, that sexual chemistry, that like sexual turn on, and I think oftentimes too, when you, you get, I mean, the really common one that you see in couples nowadays, and I think it gets really perpetuated in the media as being normal, as the idea of the uh, the nagging wife and then the passive husband. Oh, yes. That I mean, it's so. I mean, that's every sitcom that it you can is. possibly imagine, and and I think so many people just think of of that is, well, that's just what marriage is. That's what, and I've heard people say that to me and I'm like, okay, if that's what marriage is, I want no part of it. Right. Right. What, what happens in those, in those situations is, is the woman is taken on the masculine role and she's probably pretty bitter about it, which is why she's nagging and angry all the time. Right. And the man is taking on the, the more feminine role and he's probably more lazy maybe people pleaser. A lot of times when men spend too much time in their feminine energy, they end up Sinking into depression and and a lot of self harming activities, addictions, things like that. Those things can happen in, in men or women when they have a really bad connection to their feminine energy. But you get into that dynamic. So he's not happy either. He doesn't really like being bossed around, but he hasn't actually stepped into his masculine energy in order to lead the relationship. She feels like she has to. She's resenting him for it. And you just end up in this spiral. So, yeah, you do have a masculine and feminine partner, but neither one of them are actually at their best. They're not actually living. And, you know, if that's not to say there are there are some women out there who are naturally masculine and there are some men out there who are naturally feminine, it's not common, but it is possible. And if that's the dynamic that people have and they're actually, you know, the woman is happy embodying the masculine energy and the man is truly happy embodying the feminine energy, then great. Or, you know, even in I mean, I've had some people who have I've talked to on social media and stuff who are in same sex relationships who talk about these energies. And I'm a woman. One time I had a, a video I was talking about, you know, the man taking a lead in a sexual situation and it being a turn on for the woman. And this woman was like, she's like, look, I'm married to a woman. I'm a lesbian. And when my partner does that and activates her, her masculine energy, nothing turns me on more. So it's like it, it, these energies exist and it's a matter of, of being in the energy that you're most comfortable in. But in order to have sexual chemistry, you need to have a masculine partner and a feminine partner. That's the turn on and that's actually the reason why most couples end up sort of getting so disconnected, you know, and they don't have true intimacy because they're either in the same energy or they're not in the energies that they really want to be in or they feel themselves in so that the polarity just dies out. And I think that, you know, it's something that we just don't we don't address enough. We just think, "Oh, well, you know, when you get you get into a relationship for a long time, you're just not into it anymore or whatever." And a lot of times people will leave and they'll just go off and find a new partner. And they may have a little bit of Polarity with a new partner because of the adrenaline or the newness or whatever. But if you if you're still in that same pattern where you're still, you know, not disconnected from your natural core energy, you're just gonna end up repeating that same pattern with a new person. It's just gonna keep happening until you you learn to really connect to yourself and what you truly want in a partner.
0: Absolutely. And it really does concern me. I'm deeply, deeply troubled by the way that men are presented in, as you mentioned, sitcoms, because not only do you see the nagging wife and it's just, even the commercials, like the buffoon husband who doesn't know how to start the washer and they, mm-hmm. and what does that do for families? So then a lot of the sitcoms, the teenage boy, he's the smart aleck and the little three-year-old girl is telling dad what to do. I mean, it's so twisted and, The hierarchy in the home is screwed up, which again is another conversation for another podcast episode. And what are we doing to men? So talk about wounded. You were talking about wounded masculine energy. And it reminded me when you were speaking a moment ago. So my first job as a therapist, I was in the South side of Chicago working with kids in the child welfare system. And I remember being struck and I'm just what, 24 years old, just graduated with my master's in clinical psych. And I remember being struck by the little boys that would come in for therapy sessions with me, like three, four, five years old, they were posturing. They would strut into a session with me, acting hard and tough. And at first I was so confused because I thought, why why are you trying to act all big and bad? You're literally five years old. And then I started to understand, well, dad wasn't around. Mm -hmm. This was the typical scenario was a mom who was addicted to a drug. Mm. The father had never been part of the picture. Usually several different fathers, if there were multiple kids in the home, the father was incarcerated or was in a gang. I mean, just these realities of Southside Chicago. And it occurred to me that this little five-year-old with no man in the house probably felt pressure at some level that he couldn't even articulate, obviously, to man up and to be the masculine energy in the home by virtue of his own woundedness, because dad wasn't around to give him the support that a child needs from a father. He didn't have that strength in the home. And it was so sad for me. Mm -hmm. And as a young therapist hoping to, you know, I'm going to change the world. Here I go. (laughs) It was really painful to watch having come from a traditional home. Of course, the older we get, we start to realize things that we took for granted and being so thankful for the presence of my father, a strong father who was appropriately strong and not domineering, but yes, in charge and leading the home.
1: I think you could actually go as far as to say that the number one problem that we have in our society today is the lack of healthy masculine leadership and that and, and it doesn't necessarily have to just be fathers. I mean, obviously the lack of the lack of fathers or the lack of present fathers is huge, but I think it's just the lack of healthy masculine leadership in general. We have either men who are growing up with no masculine leadership or really toxic or unhealthy masculine leadership. And there's actually there's a lot of research that, you know, in many cultures in the history of society. Men needed to be initiated into their masculine. They needed to let go of boyhood, and they needed to be initiated into manhood. And in that it had to be sort of the elders of the the community uh, who were seen as the the healthy masculine leaders of the community that would lead young boys into into manhood. And we don't really have men right now in our society who are. I mean, we have some. Like it's not that they don't exist, but we have a, a serious lack of that in our society. Um, so we have a lot of Uh, you know, men who are either being raised by mothers who are having to be in their masculine energy because there is no father around or mothers who are sort of expecting their sons to be masculine, but they don't know. I mean, you know, boys, boys don't necessarily automatically. I mean, I do think there's a lot of instincts and there's a lot of instinctual stuff that comes along with that. But most cultures in history have believed that men really needed to be Led into their masculinity, their masculine energy by healthy masculine leaders. A lot of beliefs come that most women, it's sort of like they're connected to nature. So Mother Nature sort of initiates women through that process naturally. I think you could easily make the argument that the way that our particular society is structured is (laughs) women kind of get conditioned at a young age nowadays to be more masculine. So now, the challenge for women in our society is learning how to break through those barriers to connect back to our feminine energy. But it's sort of thought that if we were naturally as women, if we naturally evolved and didn't have all those conditionings that they got put on us at a young age, that we would sort of naturally evolve into the feminine being that we we're kind of intended to do like like we're connected with mother nature mother nature kind of initiates us mother nature gives us our menstrual cycle it's just it's kind of a natural evolution whereas with 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 males you need a a healthy masculine leader to to really guide him into that masculine energy and i think also too it's really important for young females to to see healthy masculine leadership to know what to look for I see a lot of people who online who shame women for being in bad relationships or for choosing the wrong men or for choosing you know unhealthy or toxic men or or even passive men or things like that. And it's like, well, you know, if if a woman has never had a an example of a a healthy masculine man, I mean, again, like when I heard what it was, I was like, really, is that a thing? <laughs> it's it's hard to know I mean, if you don't really know what you're supposed to be looking for in a partner and you're just thinking, okay, I mean, I I grew up with with the idea that that 90s sitcom dad, it's like, okay, well, when you get married, you're going to have to take charge. You're going to have to boss a man around because he's going to be passive. And, you know, I would get into those relationships and they would always be so draining on me, which is one of the reasons why I wouldn't, I would, I would go really long periods of time between relationships because I'd be like, God, this is exhausting. Like I'm tired of being a leader all the time. And, and this guy being passive. And I just didn't think there was any other way because I think that that's, it's such a common theme. So if you don't have, these healthy masculine leaders in a society, boys don't necessarily know who to go to as role models or as leaders, and girls don't really know what to be looking for when it comes to to a healthy masculine partner.
0: I used to teach a course at Chicago State University, my first job as a professor, and I taught, it was really cool, it was social inquiry. So I was a psychologist, then there was an anthropologist, and then there was a sociologist. So we would take these content domains And explain to the students, it was in the honors course, so the students were really intrigued by this sort of thing. Like, what is the difference between your disciplines? And how would we take something like inequality? How do we look at that from a sociological framework, from an anthropological, and then, of course, psychological? And the anthropologist was a fascinating, brilliant professor who would speak to these rites of passage that you're mentioning that we Mm. don't have. And how that does affect the developmental trajectory and identity and all kinds of really big issues. And yeah, like you said mother nature gives women we kind of have the rite of passage because we know we're moving toward womanhood when we start our menstrual cycle. Mm-hmm. But men don't have anything that's quite that defined. Mm-hmm. And some of these oh my gosh, if you listen to some of these rites of passage that they have in some of these cultures From our Western mindset, we're like, oh, my gosh, that's so harsh. Like, the kid has to go out in the woods and and survive for two weeks by himself. And when he comes Mm -hmm. back, he's a man. Or if he doesn't come back, I guess he's dead. I mean, like, Mm -hmm. we go, what? But the kid shows himself who he is. He Mm -hmm. is able to believe in his own manhood and masculinity by virtue of what he has shown and demonstrated to himself he can do. Men today, young men, we've got the 28-year-old, the 32-year-old living in their mom's basement playing video games all day. Mm -hmm. Have they ever been given the opportunity to show what they're made of?
1: Yeah. And I mean, and again, speaking of video games, it's interesting. I shared a a post. It was a, a man who made, created the original post. He created it for men and I reshared it about the, the dangers of video games, of sitting around and playing video games all day for men. And it was amazing the DMs I got from like angry men who were angry that I had shared this, <laughs> which I also thought was interesting because I was like, why are you attacking me for sharing it? Why aren't you going to the man who originally created the post and discuss it with him and actually mm-hmm. go to him because it's probably less intimidating for them to argue with a woman because they're not going to go to him because they know he probably has the facts and figures to back it up. But yeah, it's, it's, there's so many things. And I mean, you could, video games are one of them. There's so many things that get introduced To boys nowadays and and, and to females as well, but I think in particular, I'm talking about masculine energy and boys stepping into their masculine, things like video games, things like, I mean, porn could be a whole discussion in itself, but the fact that that gets introduced to boys younger and younger and younger, all of these things that we, and we don't necessarily push on men, but we make, we give men access to all of these things that are distractions. They're actually encouraging them to sit on their butts all day and to disconnect from society and from life and to it's not helping them step into their masculine energy. And then when they do become at that stage where they they're ready to be initiated into adulthood or ready to step into adulthood, they've got all of these these addictions that they're caught up in. I mean all these things. I would argue video games are an addiction that many men fall into. Some people call them coping mechanisms. I would say, okay, well, if somebody was an alcoholic and spent all their days drinking all the time, are you going to be like, it's just a coping mechanism. <laughs> we're just, we're just yeah. going to, you know, oh, he's just just coping with stuff. It's fine. He can drink himself silly. It's no big deal, right? It's like, no, it's, I mean, they're addictions. They're ways of disconnecting. They're ways of keeping men more passive, really. I mean, yeah, they're active in a game, but it's a, it's a virtual game. They're not actually going out and living their purpose. I mean, for most men, and, and that's one of the biggest parts of masculinity is 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 stepping into having a true purpose in life, is having a, a direction. And for most men, if they don't have a purpose, if they don't have a direction in their life, they really can't step into other other things. Like that needs to be the thing they find first in order for everything else to fall into place. And I think that's one of the reasons why you see a lot of women who spend a lot, you know, years and years and years with a guy who they're like, when is he going to propose? When is he going to propose? It's like, well, has he found his purpose yet? He hasn't found his purpose yet. He's not going to settle down with you. He doesn't necessarily have to be fully successful. I know that there's, there's a whole thing about like, well, what about being with a man and helping him grow? And, And there is that aspect to it. He doesn't have to be in his, at his end game yet. But like, does he have a purpose and direction? Like, is he going someplace? Because if he doesn't, he's not going to be able to actually settle down and and make a commitment to a relationship because he's still finding his purpose. And anything else is probably just a distraction from that. Even his relationship. I think a lot of men get into long-term relationships with women because it's a distraction because then they don't go off and find their purpose. That's a big factor when it comes to men is not, not actually finding their purpose and their direction. As you're speaking,
0: I'm thinking about so many of these rituals that we did have in place at one point. And I'm sure when you speak to this, they're all over you because that's so archaic. But I think about in the day, a man couldn't just like, slide into your DMs and be like, DT, DTF or whatever. They would have to go to your father and say, I would like to court her. And they would sit down in the living room with, with your parents and he would have to say, here's what I'm doing. I'm almost finished mm-hmm. with my degree or in, I have a new job and I started entry level, but I got a promotion last week. They'd have to prove that they had purpose, that they were mm-hmm. going places. And then they would be suitable to, yes, now you can start to talk to my daughter and start to take her out on proper dates. I mean, so many of these things that women thought we had been liberated, quote unquote, from. Mm-hmm. I look now and I go, I don't think that that served us whatsoever.
1: No, not at all. <laughs> at all. It didn't. And it, it's interesting. I, I would say probably the number one thing that I get hate for saying online is that men should be paying on dates. And the amount of hate that I get is just like over. And it's ridiculous that it's like, you know, that was a thing for centuries. That was always a thing. Like, And the fact that so many, many men get so triggered by that nowadays, uh, you know, why should we pay? It's like, well, and look, I'm not suggesting that any man has to go out and on a first date and fly a woman to Paris and give her a five course meal or anything like that. But it's like, when you're on the date, like you're, you're essentially getting to know each other and you're showing her that you're capable of buying her a meal. I mean, that's a basic primal thing for, to show yourself as a provider and to say, Hey, look, I, I'm able to provide a meal for you. (laughs) I mean, I think about it too, how ironic it is that it's like, there used to be a time in, in caveman times when, you know, a man didn't get to mate unless he could actually kill the biggest meal for dinner and it's like we're not even asking men to go out and hunt anymore we're just asking them to pay for a meal right and a lot of this is
0: hardwired into our Mm -hmm. mating psychology as dr welch talks about it she gets a lot of hate too but it's Mm science-based people get so upset about it and i think it makes me sad in a way because it's getting back to one of your earlier points it really is infringing on our ability to enjoy the fullness of who we are I'd love to connect with you via my weekly newsletter. Joining the Love & Life email list ensures you're the first to know everything going on in the Love & Life family. You'll receive insider perk pricing for consultations and events. And it's the best way to keep in touch when I do what the research suggests is very healthy and take breaks from social media. Subscribe on my website, loveandlifemedia.com. And as a bonus, you'll get my free Empowered Dating Playbook. When couples come to you or when women come to you and they they want to find that polarity and maybe they are, they've been wounded themselves, so they're fearful. They don't believe, like we talked about, that these men exist. How do you encourage them to resonate in the fullness of their feminine energy On a date without feeling that they're being so vulnerable or that they're setting themselves up to perhaps get a dynamic that would be abusive or could be hurtful because that's going to send a signal to someone, a very dominant man who's wounded and operating from that not secure masculinity, but that quote unquote toxic masculinity. What do you suggest?
1: Well, I'm a a huge advocate of women really tuning into their bodies and connecting to their intuition. I really, really believe that as women, we have so much inner knowledge and inner wisdom that we just we just barely scratch the surface of. So, I think the more that women actually learn to tap into their bodies, the more you'll know. Like you'll see it ahead of time. It doesn't mean that the toxic men or the passive men aren't going to come into your life. You know, people are who they are and everybody's in a different stage of healing in their life and a different place in their life, but You'll know it a lot sooner if you just tap into that. And the more that you connect with your body, I think of it as like, you know, the masculine is sort of the mind and the feminine is like the body. And when you feel into the body, you have this inner wisdom. It's almost like your heart knows. And we, we've all had those experiences as women where, you know, we get into a relationship with somebody that's just wrong for us in whatever way it is. And when we're out of it, we're like, you know, I knew that was going to happen or I saw that that was going to happen or I sensed that was going to happen and of course hindsight's always 2020 20, but it's listening to that when that comes up it's not just fluffing it off like oh well that was no big deal or oh well when he did that it was no big deal or when he acted like that it was no big deal i mean obviously we have to accept people for being human and but it's tapping into that moment where we say Ooh, something feels off here. And then mm-hmm. checking in with ourselves. Why does that feel off? Is that a fear? Is that an old story? Is that an old fear because I'm thinking of a past relationship or a past person and this is an old fear? Because I really think we we know in our bodies whether or not something is right or not. And I, I highly recommend for women, it's just there's tons of different ways to tune into their bodies, connecting with nature, dance, opening up your heart, doing heart-opening yoga, or things like that. Anything that really connects you into your body. And really gets you feeling that because I think that all that wisdom and all that knowledge and all that intuition is in us. It's a matter of actually just connecting to it and then listening to it because that's going to protect us. Like that's actually going to protect us probably a lot better than that masculine wall we put up to protect ourselves from men because that way we're not scaring away men. But we're also knowing that when that voice comes up, when that intuition comes in, that we know we, we're going to trust it and then we're going to set a boundary or we're going to walk away from a situation. Because that is one of the benefits, I think, of – I mean, I could complain about sort of the the new wave feminism all day if I wanted to. But I do think one of the benefits of it is that it has taught many women that we're not weak. I mean, which feminine energy isn't weak. I mean, it literally births babies. So that whole stereotype mm-hmm. is kind of ridiculous. But We are capable of so much, which means we don't just have to find a husband and put up with anything. We can actually tune into our bodies and actually say, okay, is the situation right? Is the situation, does this feel good? Does this person feel good? Is he in his healthy masculine or is he showing signs that he is going to be abusive? Is he showing signs of of not leading? And, and when we tap into our bodies and we actually listen to that intuition, I mean, it's just, it can give us a sense of safety that we really can't get any other way.
0: And there is research on women's intuition. And I've heard it explained before that we have our corpus callosum is... <laughs> Have you heard of this research where the connective tissue of our this, brain? The science words
1: for it, like you do. <laughs> like.
0: <laughs> well, I'm trying to remember this research I had heard of before that says that we have more connective tissue between the hemispheres of the brain, so we receive information because the left is the more logical and analytical, and the right is mm-hmm. the more artistic part of our brain. And so, so for example, if we're speaking face to face, it's my right hemisphere that is perceiving and interpreting body language, but it's the left hemisphere that's interpreting the actual words. And that because we have more connective tissue, we've got more communication going back and forth between those two hemispheres than men do. Now I've heard this, I I can't, I don't have a source, I should look Mm -hmm. for it to see if I can find one. But that allows us to have that intuition. So this whole women's intuition, Mm -hmm. I mean, we've heard of it for years, there's a good chance that it's neurologically based. And, And also when you were speaking, it reminded me of a book, I don't know if you've read it called The Gift of Fear.
1: No, oh, I haven't read that.
0: Yeah, and it would be a good one That's for any nice. woman who feels that sh- they have had problems in the past, trusting their intuition, not detecting those red flags because we intellectualize a lot and we'll go, well, mm-hmm. I don't know. I got the, this gut feeling that this is off, but oh, there's no reason for it. In those cases, especially when we're talking about starting to trust someone and taking that in an appropriate pacing, of course, but if there's a something we just can't put our finger on, Goodness, just trust
1: mm-hmm. your gut and get out. And Well the gut the gut instinct is the reason. I mean, like yes, you said like that. the gut instinct but there's no reason. It's like, well no, the gut instinct is the reason for you to question yes. that. You know, we wouldn't have a gut instinct if we didn't have a right. reason for it. No, right? such
0: a good point. I just think yeah. sometimes in our heads, right, we we mm-hmm. want to find that mm-hmm. that tangible we want something that feels more concrete than our mm-hmm. gut, but I think you're so right to reinforce that we don't need another reason that is the reason mm-hmm. yeah yeah
1: 100 100 yeah that is the reason is it's our bodies letting us know that there's something off here and our brain may not know it yet but our bodies are telling us which i i really believe that the feminine is really it's in the body we're connected to the body we're connected to nature and And one of the things about feminine energy is that we desire connection. I think it's one of the reasons why you see so many women who are in their masculine all the time in careers and they have these great careers, but it's like, oh, but I still want a relationship. It's because when you're a feminine being at your core, you want a relationship. So it's also knowing that you won't just do anything just to be in a relationship. Because if you see so, so many women make so many justifications for men because they want to be in a relationship. They want connection. I'm in a lot of women's groups online where they break down relationship situations or they break down text messages or things like that. And so many of them, it's like, oh my God, these women are really rooting for these men to be good guys. And in some cases you're like, oh my God, he's just not. (laughs) You You know, we can see it from the outside because our hearts aren't in it. But as feminine women, we really do desire partnership. We desire connection. And that desire isn't bad. It's just knowing when to listen to our gut, our heart, when to listen to the part of us that's telling us, hey, this may not be the person that you want to be in connection with. But desiring a connection and wanting a connection is totally normal. I think a lot of women beat themselves up over that too about like, oh, well, why do I not feel like enough without a man? Or why do I not? It's like, well, you should still be enough, but it's not wrong to want a partnership. It's not wrong to want a man. I think a lot of women see that as a weakness. They're weak if they want a partner. They're weak if they want a man. And it, that's not a weakness. That's an innate desire where as humans, we want to, we want to mate. Like, we want to be with people. We want connection. We want love. It's not a weakness, but it's also knowing that when those gut instincts come in, that we'll actually be willing to say, okay, this isn't what I want. and knowing that you, Knowing that you are strong enough on your own to be able to walk away from it if that's the case. It's that distinction between needing someone
0: to fill some void or to validate you and wanting and desiring partnership. But I agree with you. I hear it a lot Mm -hmm. that women feel almost a bit of shame. And I think, no, there's no shame. It's how we're wired. Most of us, we're not Mm -hmm. recluses. We want our person, but we want to want the person and not to feel that we're approaching connection and partnership from a need-based energy because then we're We're vulnerable to perhaps not looking at those red flags and not trusting our gut and just wanting that person so that everything looks perfect on paper when the relationship is not, in fact, anywhere near perfect and could be then veering off into abusive dynamics. Mm-hmm. If you have just a few seconds to help me out, I would so appreciate it. You can do so by heading over to Apple Podcasts, giving us a five-star rating and a few sentences of review. That helps others find the program and join the Love and Life family.
1: And that's actually why I think right now is kind of the best time in the course of history for us to to heal these things and to really, because if you think about it, we kind of moved from this in 1950s. Dynamic of the husband, he had to make money. The wife had to be with him because she needed the money. He needed somebody to raise his kids and to sleep with and whatever. And like everybody was kind of together because they needed each other. Women needed men, men needed women, and, and there was this dependency. And then we sort of moved into this phase of everybody had to be independent. You know, women were in the workforce and men didn't have to provide for families. Everybody was kind of independent and everything kind of got all crazy with, you know, everybody like, I can do my own thing, I don't need anybody. And if you think about it now, most women know that if they needed to, they could take care of a family themselves. We know that we could do these things. We know we're capable. We know we're able to have careers and live our lives. But many of us don't really want to do that. They don't want their lives to be just about their careers. Many women are realizing that they actually want family and, and many women actually want tradition. Not every woman, obviously, but they desire that so that they're they're going into relationships with like, okay, what do I desire in this relationship? And men get to kind of move into this, okay, what is my purpose? Many men are actually leaving traditional fields and finding their own purpose, getting out of that sort of um, matrix, some people call it or whatever, and are actually like finding their true purpose in life and living their true purpose. And they're getting into partnership with a woman who actually supports that true purpose. And they're not feeling like, oh, I'm just working this job that I hate just because I have to support this family who depends on me. So they're going into this with a partner they desire because they're finding a partner who truly supports the purpose that they desire. And everybody's really getting into more of a desire as opposed to the dependency of, okay, we need each other, but we're resenting each other because we need each other. And they've moved through that. Stage of I don't need anyone. I don't need you. I don't need this. And they're moving into this other stage of what do I desire? And then finding the person that matches with what we what we truly desire in life. And I, I think it's actually a well, maybe I'm just trying to convince myself this is a great time to be, <laughs> you know, finding relationships and partnerships. But I do think it is. I mean, if the more people that heal these things, the more people that actually connect to what they truly desire and who they truly are, I think we're just going to be happier as a society in general because of it.
0: I love this. It's a very
1: hopeful and I I do believe it's grounded in reality. I bet you ask most men, would you rather a woman be home and caring for a home and caring for your child because it was truly what she desired, like what she really wanted, what she felt like in her core was was important. Or do you want a woman who's just doing that because she doesn't have any other opportunities or she can't do anything else or she's right. dependent on you? Well, no, because she's going to resent you eventually. And in the same way, I mean, I don't think most women really want a guy who's just going to a job he hates every day and is being miserable and isn't really living his purpose just so that he can bring home a paycheck. And because eventually he's just going to resent you. And, and that dynamic, I'm not saying every dynamic was like that in, in a certain point, but I do think there were a lot of situations where that was happening and, and people weren't really truly appreciating what their contribution was to the relationship and they weren't really appreciating what the other person's contribution was. Whereas if everybody is really kind of working from their own desire and actually connecting with what they really want in life. And, and I think I actually heard recently, I don't know where the study was, but I heard there was a study that in a lot of cultures where they're just, you know, they're not fighting for equality. They're not fighting for having a certain number of women in a certain field and a certain number of men. And they're, they're not fighting for that. And they're just letting people choose their own path they're actually finding that more and more people are choosing a more traditional path. They're actually choosing to be, women are choosing to be more in traditionally female roles and men are choosing to be in traditional masculine roles. And I'm a very firm believer that like men and women are equally important, but we're not the same. And I think the more that we try to pretend that we're exactly the same, it actually weakens us. You know, if we really want to give people the freedom to choose and, you know, we have to kind of accept the fact that we may not have a completely equal society as far as an equal number of women in certain positions and an equal number of men here and there, Because if everybody shows up at the table as their best self and brings their own gifts to the table, then everything's going to kind of work out because those gifts were designed for a reason. I mean, like whatever you believe created us, they didn't get it wrong. You know what I mean? Like they created us this way for a reason so that everything would work out the way it was intended to work out. I think if we kind of get back to that and back to our truth and who we truly are, things are going to work out probably better in the long run.
0: I love this conversation, Sarah. I could go on and on. I have like 20 more questions for you, but (laughs) I want to thank you so much. Where can listeners connect with you if they have questions or do
1: you offer courses or do you see clients? Well, right now I do have an online course that's uh, for women and it's really kind of a a beginner's guide to tapping into your feminine energy for women who feel like they just, don't know where to begin. And I mostly am on social media. So I have a website called Everyday Starlet. It's kind of evolved over the years from like a beauty blog to fashion to talking about relationships. Now, I'm very active on YouTube, I have a YouTube channel, Everyday Starlet, where I have a ton of free resources for people about this stuff. I actually do film breakdowns where I take popular films or TV shows and things. And I actually try to pick out some of these energies because I think sometimes when you see it in the dramatization of, of film and TV and you see these energies in an over-the-top form, it can help you to really spot some of these dynamics in your everyday life. So I do that on YouTube, and I'm also very active on Instagram where I share a lot of this stuff. My Instagram is my name, Sarah Blodgett. I'm on TikTok now, which is weird. I never thought that I would actually <laughs> be enjoying TikTok and creating a community there, but I am. That's at Everyday Starlet. You can find me in any of those places.
0: Well, and I think TikTok is where all the Gen Z are. I think it's the biggest social media platform now.
1: It might be. I don't know. I was, I was really shocked that I actually enjoyed it as I just posted a short little like film clip breakdown on there and it just took off and people are just, we're going crazy over it. So I'm like, all right, I guess I'm on TikTok now. (laughs) You're like, I'm a TikToker.
0: Here (laughs) I go. (laughs) Well, Sarah, thanks again so much. I've really enjoyed our conversation. I look forward to delving into this stuff again at some point with you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for
1: having me. It's an honor to talk to you.
0: The love and life hack for this week is trust your authentic feminine energy. It's not about posturing or pretending or trying to be someone you're not. It's about leaning into who you really are and into the fullness of your femininity. Thank you, as always, for joining us today. It means so much. If you'd like to connect further, head over to my website, loveandlifemedia.com. There you'll be able to sign up for my newsletter, and you'll also receive your free Empowered Dating Playbook. If you haven't taken advantage of our Sapan promo code, loveandlife, for 15% off one of Sapan's gorgeous purses, backpacks, wallets, crossbodies... There's still time to do so. Buy a bag and support human rights. Zapan, S-A-P-A-H-N.com, promo code love and life. Take charge of your thoughts. Take charge of your life. This is Dr. Karen Anderson April And until next time, make it a great week.